You got to have someone that you trust on site. Okay. Right. So you definitely you have to first identify someone that you can get there and figure out where these subs are at. Yes. To, to nail the scope of work. Welcome to the Mac Podcast. I am with a new guy that is with our VP of Operations now that runs Mac Construction, and we brought him just. Jesus, a month ago now, Will? Yeah, 30, 35 days, I think. 35, 35 days. So that's uh, how uh, detailed he is. And uh, anyway, he's got a lot of experience, and we're going to go through what CMAR is, um, kind of like what, why you would hire a CMAR or a general contractor, and all the questions like an owner would need to know to do a new development or um, how they would even start a new development. How do I make money with the new development? Um, and so we're going to be going through like, Will's story, kind of how he knows what he understands about the space, bunch of knowledge in construction. That's his whole life, kind of like my own. That's why he works at Mac now. So, Will, appreciate you having me. Yeah, fun, excited. Man. I'm excited to be here. So, first podcast. First, first podcast. First Woo! podcast. Ex- excited to be here. Excited to be on the team. So, yeah. So, we've been talking for like a year, man. Yeah. And, uh, or maybe even longer than that. It's been at least a year. Yeah. yeah. We've been in a bunch of meetings. So, so we, uh, great, great minds think alike. So, we, we, we've just been talking to Will about, um, we're trying to grow Mac construction to the next level of CMAR and general contracting and try to further ourselves. Um, been talking to Will because he has a lot of experience in that space and, um, you know, he took a different job and, and didn't, I didn't lose faith. It was just like, you know, we're God here. brought us together. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was always meant to be right. I think like yeah. you had said, we've been talking for a year and a half. It was just when the right time was and it just kind of worked out perfect. And yeah. I think it's continuing to go that route. So, yeah, well, I appreciate having you. And so I want to dive right into, um, where are we going? Like, like, what are we trying to accomplish right now? Where you're the VP of operations now. Um, you run a bunch of concrete guys. You run a bunch of uh, general contracting projects. We have a lot of new development projects going on. So what's, you know, maybe what's just some of your challenges right now? And then, you know, kind of run through that. Yeah, I think where we're starting now and where we've where we've started this last month is is finding a baseline with everyone. Just kind of evaluating where we're at as a whole as Mac Construction before we got here, um, and then kind of seeing where does that align with where we're going, and really starting to implement processes. Right, so um, just kind of seeing where we're at, what we've done, and how to better improve those. So it's just a it's it's a well-oiled machine, right? Yeah. So once you get in those bigger jobs and, and that bigger market where we are trying to go, right, yep. is that that bigger CMAR market. Um, you just got to have more refined processes and, and templates in place. And, and that's what we're working towards. And I think we've made a, a good leap already in a month. Yeah. So really excited that, about that's that. That's awesome. And so processes, <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I've said this word, like since January 1st, Jen, maybe you can jump in there, but probably a lot. Um, even like us doing out of town work, right? Like yep. trying to even grab a job that's an hour and a half away, that it, it, it becomes a new challenge. Yeah, it's a different challenge, right? And I think another experience that I bring to the table is I've, I've done that, right? So right. seeing how it works in not only Fargo, but also other states, Montana, Arizona, Virginia, wherever it may be, and how you can make that work too. Right. So um, it sounds challenging. Once you get that grease too, it's not as hard as you think. So it's just kind of where we want to go and how we can get there. So yeah. uh, it's all exciting. Yeah. No, and Will and I got something to share with you at the end of this when we're working on something on the background. So at the end of this, we'll, we'll talk a little further about that. We're super static about a, Very a new venture. And uh, uh, I always like doing new things. And, and it's one of my goal to open up some companies this year and, and try to 
try to bring my motivation and my my vision to to new companies and yeah. and uh, build some big things. So, um, so processes though it wasn't it was like processes themselves are like apparent to me that when you work out of town or if you own multiple like let's say the Jimmy Johns. Well, there's they're, usually they're not on the same market. They're in yep. ten different markets. Companies like that survive because they're all doing the same things in the same areas with the same like metrics, right? Yep. Like, cause the process is, is really tied to a metric. Yeah. Um, and you're improving the process along the way, but it was like apparent to me, like we failed, like even just having people an hour away, like we didn't have really good refined processes. So we couldn't give the direction we needed to. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, this was even the last couple of years. So it, you can tell like how well your processes are, um, when you're working like in remote locations. Yeah. Cause well, I don't know. Talk to me, you know, so I, you know, my small brain was what came from the residential world into the commercial world, but it's locally. Yeah. Like I'm able to walk and look and feel a job site where you were not always able to do that. You, I mean, talked about some of the jobs that you did. You were visiting them like three times. Yeah. I think and be able to complete it. Yeah. So, and I think a key to that, that we can touch on too, that you just kind of hit on is being, being more front end focused, right? So like you had said, you're, you're not at a place you're used to. You can't just, or maybe it's more remote and you can't just run to a Menards because you forgot something. So it's, it's getting the job set up on the front end that you know is going to work for what you need. Really evaluating that and getting that honed in is going to set you up for success. So getting that process in place, right? And, and if it's in Montana or wherever it is, knowing what you think you're going to need and then get an understanding too of the local market, right? So I think one big thing that that we've done in the past too at a, another company is reaching out to a ton of local firms, subcontractor base, maybe it's grabbing dinner with the subcontractor base and, and reaching out to them and saying, who's good here, who's not, you know, just to know that. I think that's a key thing too when you start to travel to other places is getting into that market. Yeah. Um, and understanding who to use and, and getting set up that way too. So yeah, because it's almost mind-boggling for me. It's like okay, go start a job in San Diego. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, take me through how how do you approach that then? Like you said, you'd reach out to the subs. How would you? You know, we had a couple million dollar job in San Diego. How how would we do that? What's like the baseline stuff? Yeah. So we've done. I mean, we've done something very similar to that. Not okay. California, but Arizona. Right. Okay. So Arizona. So what you would do is you go through the bid process, and again, I think the what helps the most is having a well defined scope of work. So I think we can get into yeah. that too with the delivery process that you had mentioned earlier in, in the podcast. Um, but having a well-defined scope of work where our estimating team knows what to bid. Uh, so if there's a well-defined scope of work, you're reaching out to 10 contractors for every scope to try to get multiple numbers, multiple detailed scope of works for quotes and evaluating that. And that's what you're doing first, finding those good people, trying to get those connections too. Gotcha. Um, so again, you're calling electrician, Hey, who would you recommend for a good mechanical firm? If you're doing something with HVAC. So you start there and once you get a good base, with the estimate and you feel comfortable with that, it's not as challenging because you know you feel confident in what you have in your bid. Gotcha. So I would say, and again, one thing we're focusing on Mac is the pre-construction side as well and, and bringing in Casey Schumacher too. Yep. Um, getting that dialed in so that the project base and the project team has more more aptitude for success, right? Yep. Um, and then once you get there, it's just easier. Once you get on site and you have to travel there, you get the right people in place. It's just not as challenging as it sounds like it is, you know? So, so you don't need to be on site to figure this all out. 
You got to have someone that you trust on site. Okay. Right. So you definitely, you have to first identify someone that you can get there and figure out where these subs are at yes. to, and, to nail the scope of work. Yeah. And like we had talked about too, maybe a year ago when we were talking about what are some key positions, right? I think a key position in construction is a good superintendent Yeah. because we have to focus on field staff because that's what builds the project. Yep. You can focus on office staff and get the processes in place, but you don't have the people in the field to pound the nail in and, and get yep. that coordinated. You're going to have issues. So it okay. is that it's, it's the pre-bid process and getting that dialed in. And then it's having a good person in the field that you can trust okay. to manage that subcontractor base that you've never worked with before. Wow. Okay. Well, there's a lot of wheels in there. Right? I just learned something. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think what stood out to me in what you said is like, Let's just, I'm just going to act like the developer now or the, I'm going to the guy with land. I don't really know. Um, we'll just say I'm a farmer. I, I, I own some land and um, maybe I don't. Maybe I'm just a business guy that wants to develop something. Yep. Um, I get lost in the weeds of, you know, I, I can see owners getting lost in the weeds of like, who do I identify? Do I identify an architect first or do I identify the general contractor first or like, what, what do you think is the perfect route? Because I think you mentioned like statement of work and that's, you know, basically your vision of what you want done. Um, Everything that should be included in a project. Right, right? yes. Yep. Um, but if it's just coming from an owner standpoint, it's not architect detailed, but if I was, if I had a statement of work of what I wanted to build, to say it was a 48 plex yep. um, and it was in the local market, I, I, I probably had the money to do it and I want to do it. Where would I start? What, what would be the process of that? Yeah. So I'd like to dive two ways into this, right? Okay. So I think the first thing that I'd like to state is that's why that's why I, I like the approach that we're going to with having that development background, because it is my opinion that you would go to someone like us first, because you have that knowledge and, and why someone would do what you're talking about doing. Yep. So I think uh, finding a company that does both, right, that understands both is really important. Yep. Uh, but that's where we get in the delivery method and and why CMAR approach is so important and why I feel that sets the company up and the owner for success. Because what it does is it gets the contractor involved on the front end to what you're saying. Gotcha. Let's select this design firm together. Let's start from 35% schematic design together. So we're talking about the construction process and we're involved the whole way through from design phase to project closeout, which gotcha. helps with timeline. It helps with scope of work. It helps with cost tracking, right? Gotcha. Um, so there's a ton of benefits to that. And that's what, that's what I would state, right? So you need to find a company that you think has a development background. Okay. And that's first step. Yep. First step. So, find, so don't go right to the architect. The architect will probably drop something way overpriced. They could, yeah. Won't pencil yep. um, in the mathematical terms of you investing in it. Um, so first find a design build contractor that understands what you're trying to build. Correct. Okay. And then reach out to them and see what process you want to go. If you're going to go the CMAR route, which we would have that background and that experience to, to recommend that to them. What is that? First of all, CMAR. Yeah. Why? Uh, why what, it's a terminology, but I, I don't know correct. if everyone knows what that actually is. Why? Why do I need CMAR? Yeah. So it's construction manager at risk. So it's a delivery method. So just for example, for, for everyone listening is the standard des delivery method for construction is design, bid, build, right? So to your point, the owner would reach out to uh, a design firm, get it fully designed without yep. talking to a contractor, Kay. send it out to bid to a pool of contractors. Got it. They would bid it hard number. Owner would select the lowest contractor. 
Gotcha. Um, there's there's pros to that. There's cons to it as well, right? Uh, so construction manager at risk is a delivery method like that that gets us involved on the front end. Gotcha. So we're selected kind of a design build contractor, and then the CMAR is basically we control all we, of it. The architect. We help with the design. Yes, we. To your point, we go through value engineering options. We go through cost saving options. We can okay. go through redesign. Um, and then at the end of that, what you do is you all agree on a GMP, a guaranteed maximum price. Um, so, so it can't exceed that or it shouldn't exceed that unless I change stuff. Correct. As the yes. Owner. owner change order. There's contingencies in that price. Um, okay. And that is the construction manager at risk. So now the CM firm would be at risk for that. How do you charge me for that? What's, what's the best method to like... That all sounds great. I think as a developer, like I'm just coming to you with my idea and you're going to, you're going to put it on paper. Yeah. So what, what, what can I expect as a fee on top of some costs and stuff? Yeah. So I think, um, there's a, there's a couple different ways to do that, but what I like is it's open and transparent with the owner. So twofold to that question is the one reason why I feel like CMAR is a good approach is it creates a team with the whole ownership, architect, and contractor. It's not the owner, the architect, and the contractor. We are all one because we're working on the same yeah, goal. I like so, that. So that's the benefit of that. And that goes right into the open openness and transparency with the bid. So it's normally a fee-based, right? Fee-based, so, okay. Yep. So you would offer your services. There may be a pre-construction fee that you get paid up front for helping with the design phase. Um, and then you would go into a, a CM fee for the project itself. And that varies between regions, right? I would say around here, five to seven percent. Yep. Right, something like that, so that they know what they're paying you for your services. So five to seven percent, and and that's all I need to give up as the owner, because I don't know how to do all this. And if yep. I do everything myself, just because I think I can, um, I'm probably going to make critical mistake. I I see this all the time. Honestly, it's like someone tries to go about it themselves, never a developer, not a contractor, uh, doesn't know how to get the right subs because you gotta, you gotta design it correctly, value engineer it. I think like you mentioned, um, that means to get a proposal that actually pencils. So your investment, you're probably doing an investment property for yourself, um, or, or trying to make money. So, um, I think having the right team up front and a CMAR, basically you're building your team and yep. just being transparent. It's an open book. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why we're here, right? So that's why companies like us are around. If it was easy to your point of the owner could just do it. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But right. that's why firms like us are around because right. it's not easy. You come up with challenges that unless you see them day to day and you're in it, you're just not ready for, you're not ready for it. You're not ready to handle what that may be. Right. Um, and, and maybe that's some, something on the civil end where you get into something that the owner doesn't understand or isn't aware of yep. that we've seen before. And I, I think to end it, uh, that's kind of probably the construction management part. And then the at-risk part is, you know, I'll have you dig into that, but it's like there's so much risk in contracting. You need to, you need to identify the correct subs, vet them, make sure they're capable, willing to do it, and can do it in a timely fashion. Um, and, and you just don't always want to select the low bidder. That's yeah. what you, you can get in trouble with these subcontractors because of course they want the job, but you need to vet them. You need to have proper subcontract, you know, and I don't and think so kind of walk through like the at risk part because there's so much risk in construction definitely, and contracting that five to 7% ends up being 
pretty cheap for all the services that we can provide them definitely and the protection for the owner. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of things that you can go into with that too, right? So to your first point of the importance of the pre-construction phase, which is again, something we're focusing on again with bringing in another individual that has that background to really focus on that and vetting the numbers like you had stated, that's, that's so important. And it's not just a process of, let's say you have three guys for civil, um, two at a hundred, one at one at 100, one at 105, and one at 75. You don't just sign up the guy for 75. You need to vet their quotes, look at the inclusions and exclusions, and that's something that a, a company like ourselves, a, a CM firm, understands how to vet that, right? right? So I think that's really important as well. Um, and the at-risk point, to your point, um, the last two years have been strenuous in construction, right? <laughs> I think everyone's aware yeah. that COVID really put a wrinkle on... Um, lead times and cost escalations that puts everyone at risk, yeah. right? So I think maybe that gets challenging to here in this CM, CMAR market, but we would plan for that, put a contingency in the in the estimate, um, and it's guaranteed. So we're guaranteeing it unless something changes, right? And, gotcha. and that's written in the contract as well. So um, there's definitely a lot of risk in construction. Yeah, there's a lot of risk, and, and I don't think some owners don't realize that, but it's it's very easily to, to give up five to seven percent and have everything organized for you on the front end. That'll save you from any lawsuit that happens or any subcontractor that doesn't perform. You don't have to deal with all of that. The contractor does. Um, our exactly. job is not easy. Yes, definitely. Um, you got manpower. You can't get materials. You know, there's all these different. We're pivoting constantly. I feel yes, like every yeah. day is like, what's the challenge today? Like we're in the most challenging industries around right we, now. We definitely are. And there's people exiting it because it is so challenging, right? Yeah. You know, to your point of the manpower, it's not just the material escalations. It's kind of everything, right? And that does put a, put it on us. So right. it's finding a firm that is trustworthy. I think one thing that, you know, that we offer that is exciting to me is just the good client relationship and the communication that we try to have yeah. throughout the whole process. Um, that's so important, especially in today's market, right? Yeah. Is having that that open dialogue, that open communication with the entire team, the design firm as well. Yeah. You know? So kind of walk me through, if I'm an owner, okay, I selected Mac, they're going to handle my 48 Plex. And, and um, what's it like? Okay, we, we get to the bid table. We I'm a part of the bidding then. I get to look at the low bids and you provide recommendation um, from Mac and then we start, we start the project. Yeah. I think it can go multiple ways. You can go that route. I think it okay. depends on the client. Okay. Um, you could go that route where there is a low, there's a lower option that we could go towards. Right. Okay. Um, so you make again, transparency, right? So you make them aware of that. <laughs> yep. Um, but we would recommend to not do that. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's, there's conversations about that and then it depends on how much you self-perform too. Right. Right. Um, if you're self-performing a lot, like some firms do, you would do less of that. You're just putting a number on the, the GMP. Gotcha. So, Is this another form of, uh, I think, you know, people have uh, their CMER, there's general contractors, um, and then there's, you know, operations, I guess. But is it like cost plus? I know some people get scared of that. Is this, is that really what CMER is? Is it, you know, because CMER is tied there's two terms, general contractor yep. or CMER. And yep. sometimes people mesh them together. Um, they kind of are, but they are separated as well. They do two different specific tasks. Yeah, definitely. It's different than cost plus. It is. Yep. Yep. Um, so what's cost plus if I was a if I was an owner, I just wanted a 48 plex and I had the design already done, the land picked out. I just need to hire 
you as the contractor. Yeah, and, and and back into the delivery method, right? I think cost plus is a is a bad term because it's confusing. I think okay. cost plus is a little confusing. Um, because it's like we're it, not at risk at all. We're just yeah, gonna puts, charge whatever. It, it puts a little bit, right? Yeah, to to a sense, yeah. So it does put the owner more at risk, Got right? It. Um, that's with pitching this CMAR too, right? It's putting us more us more at risk. We're taking that this team approach. Yep. Some of those other contracts, like you're saying, with design, bid, build, and then you do a cost plus. Um, it's this separation of the owner has this project, hires a design firm. We're all three different entities. Yeah. Not really communicating well together. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a cost plus contract. Some stuff might come up. We'll send a change order for it. Where this CMAR approach. Is just it creates this mold of working together, you know. Um, you know what drives me crazy? Um, the freaking, um, you know, I, w- I always think about it like, like the comparison is like, okay, we use a program called Foundation for Accounting, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they come out with an add on. They come out with an add on called Management Projects. Yeah, and it's in it in in. They're really good at accounting. They're known for accounting, but they do really terrible with any add-on. Like, oh, here we got time card uh, add-ons and we got all this stuff. And every time it's an add-on, it sucks. Yeah. Um, and the same with like Procore. It's like, um, that's our management software. But, you know, you start adding all this stuff on that really doesn't doesn't do that well. Yeah. I don't know. So um, no, what I'm getting at is that architects seem to be getting in the CMAR space or the general contractor standpoint and so they're trying to be a one-stop shop where they just go out architects will go out and they're like oh well we'll take on the project yeah we'll be your point of contact and we'll hire. Or whatever. but every time we've done that like we've dealt with that and it's it just hasn't went well like when the architect is the point of contact for the owner yeah and i think and represents you know, why you know what i mean because it's an add-on yeah it's an add-on for them they don't understand contracting which is difficult and i think that's what i would like to touch on so Every every firm, every person has their role, right, and and their expertise. And I think design firm, design firms, architect firms are are needed, right? They're needed, um, and they they offer a lot of value to the project. The architect firms, they do. Okay, but it's finding us, someone like us, who has that expertise in the actual task that the tech the technical task of performing that that maybe an architect firm doesn't have right so in my opinion that's why you would come to someone like us over just a design firm is our knowledge of the value engineering of the constructability is what i would say yeah um the constructability aspect is huge because you can design a project that looks great and makes sense to everyone involved and then you bring a contractor in after that and maybe they're like this doesn't work because of this architect firm maybe didn't think of that because they've never come across that experience before where a firm like ourselves who do a day-to-day you're in it every day right you you know that stuff you foresee that stuff um so that's that benefit to your point of why would you use maybe an architect firm over someone like us right um it's just that expertise fine fine expertise it's like the niche like if their niche is drafting and really doing really good drawings why add on a you know, they probably just hired a guy that has done management, project management. Yeah. But they don't know the background of all that and what, what is needed. And I think it goes right back to our conversation earlier about the superintendent and the field staff. Yeah. Right. So w- at Mac Construction, we will bring those individuals in to our bid process. Yeah. So we'll bring them in and say, what would you think about this? Or what would you need to add? How would you tackle this building? What would you need on this? So we're getting their approach and their input 
on the estimates, right. which helps everyone involved, right? It helps the owner. It helps, it helps us because now we're getting a more dialed. It's not someone else creating the bid that doesn't know what the day-to-day looks like right. on site, yep. right? Um, That's, I think it's just a huge piece field of staff, yeah. value engineering too. Yep. It's like you just save so much money by, by hiring uh, a CMAR and building a team yeah. because it's a team approach. We, we know that the owner needs to make money with the investment. Yep. We know what the budget needs to be. So don't build me a drawing that isn't going to hit this budget because we're just going to have to start over Yeah, because it's going to get into the contractor hand. We're going to have to bid it and it's going to come way over. So now everyone wasted a bunch of time. We might even missed a year. And I mean, timing is everything in, in what we do. And I think we've ran into this here, right? Everyone has their issues, right? And we've ran into the scope of work thing, like you're stating, yeah. where there's not a well-defined scope of work and it just causes vagueness and gray areas of, well, was that covered? Is that supposed to be included? Yeah. So when we're involved on the front end, we'll bring up all those questions right away, right? right? Um, it just helps kind of eliminate less risk, right. right? So that's why the CM firm is able to take on the CM at risk because there's less risk because we're all talking about it from the start yep. instead of just getting something that we've never seen before. Yeah, know? I like that. I think I think it's so important. If, you, if you're an owner and you have a project that you think, you know, you want to do, but you're yeah. like, I don't have the knowledge to build the scope of work because the scope of work will build exactly what we're going to bid out as a contractor. And we can save you a ton of money on the front end because we would know what we're looking for. Um, you give the vision of what you want and they, they'll, you know, building a scope work. So involving us early is the key to success because we're like doing a apartment remodel. And it's like yeah. we do a walk. Well, we did the walkthrough as owners. Yeah. And then, you know, and I have an in-house team. I have the benefit of that, but they weren't there on the front end either. So then it's like, okay, what checklist, you know, what did you, you exactly this. want? And, and it was two different things. So they didn't give me a quote on what I thought I wanted. And so it just kind of shows that's a, that's a problem. So, yeah. and, and it's all on the scope of work, making sure to include the contractor because they build detailed scopes of work so they can perform the project. Definitely. And that's a, the, the exact scenario we were talking about, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of running into that and it's trying to mitigate that risk. How can you, how can everyone involved, right? The owner of the, the CM firm and, and a little less with the architect firm, but right. how can everyone mitigate the risk in this project? Everyone gets what they want. Yep. Um, the owner gets to your point of getting a project that they know is going to make some money, um, but also knowing that we're doing this for a fee as well, right? We're yeah. here to make money as well, uh, but just making it fair for everyone um, and running a successful project through completion. So yeah. I think it's... Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I think it's super helpful, hopefully for the owners out there that... Yeah. They just have to understand it's, it, it all comes down to the scope of work and involving the right contractor at the beginning can save you a ton of headache of yes. trying to do this yourself, going over budget, dealing with bag subcontractors, guys that are out there. We deal with it every single day. And, yes, definitely. Um, we want to help more people. We want to help build, you know, build things for people. So it's like, um, don't, don't feel bad to reach out to a contractor early. It's, it, it may not cost you anything even get our opinion yeah and we can give some recommendations too of what we think or maybe there's some firms that you know design firms that we've worked with that maybe do better at this type of construction right Right. that we can push people towards so i think it's to your point getting us involved uh we're here to help that's what we're here to do so yeah you got to find and i always tell them like find the contractor that's doing the stuff you want to do like follow them like if you want to build multifamily, follow those guys you want to build storage you know that's what we do it's like um so it, find the contractors that are doing the things that you want to build. 
um, and call them out. They've already done, they've already missed all the mistakes and, and, you know, made the mistakes and learned from them and, um, to prevent you to having to pay for those down the road. So, right. and that goes back into our processes too, that we're right. creating here of the quality control stuff. Right. Yeah. So I know we're, we're building, um, gas stations that we've built before. Right. Yeah. So it's going through, if you're doing stuff that you're, you know, you're going to do again, get that quality control list that, Hey, we had this issue last project. Let's talk to the design firm on the front end in the CMAR aspect yep. so that we mitigate that risk moving forward. We've already done it. Let's not do it again. Absolutely. Um, so to your point exactly, it's just uh, let's try to use that quality control as much as possible. I so. love that, man. And and hopefully some of the owners can out there help this help kind of bring clarity of what that process is and the best process. But definitely. yeah, find your contractor and uh, bring them in early if you can. Yeah. Even definitely. if it's a thought, man, some of these projects can take years to figure out and finally like execute or get to execution yep. permit yep. ready. So um well what how in the hell did you get into construction or why did you decide that? Because uh I was called crazy for a while, so I want to see yeah. what your st- what's your story. Where did you start? Where did you go to school and stuff? I, I think it's getting more crazy now. The, yeah, the, 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 as the industry changes, but I guess where I like to start is you know what what really got me into is kind of a cool stories. So, yeah, yeah. Let's start. Um, so my grandpa did construction. He did small residential guy, roofs, cabins, stuff like that. Oh hell yeah. Um, and so probably at thirteen, I started during the summertime. I'd go out for a month and stay with my grandma and grandpa, and he'd be doing a house, and I'd just be his ride with him five o'clock in the morning he'd wake me up with a broom he'd be downstairs in the kitchen we'd wake up he'd hit the floor that was my alarm clock how old were you uh 13 13 okay. yeah yeah anywhere from I love it. yeah 13 to 15 so um uh, so he'd wake us up with a broom broomstick we'd, we'd hop in the truck and we'd go to the job site so um he built a lot of things and one cool thing that he built was um he built our cabin that we hunt in out over by the bagley bagley minnesota area and he planted those trees with his dad when he was a kid, cut them down at 70, 72, built, hand-chinked this log cabin loft no that we stay in right now. So that's what really got me into that's construction. Insane. Yeah. So, so that's where I started. Um, and then I went to the University of North Dakota. Um, they didn't necessarily have a CM firm, but they had an industrial technology firm, which focused in engineering 50% and business management, the other 50%. Okay. So I think that's where the entrepreneurship side comes from that I like too, yeah. right, is that. So um, went there, uh, got a couple internships, one in Fargo at a firm that does heavy civil. Yeah. Um, one in Grand Forks here. Uh, okay. G- great company, worked there for three years. Yeah. Um, again, the entrepreneurship in me, right, had an opportunity to go maybe help start a startup. So took that leap to go yeah. try to get that get that fixed. As you know, construction doesn't always work out. Uh, actually, the failure rate is like yeah. worse than a restaurant. It's, so anyone out there trying, it's it, it, make it's sure you're all 5% in. Five percent or something. It's not. Oh, it's not even that. I think it's like one percent after ten years. Exactly. So I think it was <laughs> three years. You know, we made it. Okay. Um, but great experience. Yeah. Right. So it's taking your experiences from all these all these different places and. You know, at the first firm, I had this type of experience and I focused more on this. And at this firm, it was more of a do everything. So I got more experiences that I maybe wouldn't have had at the other firm. Um, and then after that, you know, venture didn't work out. Okay. Um, got an opportunity to move to the Fargo market, which okay. was a different market. Got into uh, the federal contracting business. Yeah. Uh, was there for a few years. Again, a different set of experiences, different set of tasks that were needed to do. Um, there was more on the estimating side of things that helped me get a more well-rounded construction background and understanding of a project. Um, 
And then after that, um, went to a large firm and saw that for a little bit, you know, projects anywhere from 20 to $45 million on an individual project all across the country, uh, Alabama, Montana. So again, it's seen, you know, and, and, and in my world or or my experience, why, why I kind of like my story is it's just taking everything you can from your experiences. If they don't work out, it's not a negative, it's a positive. Mm -hmm. So how can you take the good that you learned and how can you take the, well, I wish they would have done this to your new place. Right. And that's what really excited me to finally end up here in conversations with you for a year is all of those different experiences and all of those different, you know, um, tasks that I focus on at these different entities or different firms and taking that here now yeah. and all of that and trying to help build processes and build this firm to where we know it can be um, is what I'm excited about. And that's kind of what got me here at Mac yeah. Construction. So Yeah, man, you it's the definition of entrepreneurship and that's kind of what this podcast is all about, right? Yeah. Like it's business, contracting and entrepreneurship, investing, you know, anything. Yeah. But we, I've learned so much from my failures. I've failed there was time I wanted to quit in the first 10 years of my business, probably every other month. It's you definitely know? It's not like, easy. You don't want to make it think people think it's easy. Yeah. Cause it's definitely not. I, and, and I, I had motivators behind me that people that want to see you fail. And that's just, that's just the way it is. When you go start a business, everyone wants to see you fail right out of the gate. Yeah. And I hate that. But instead of letting it get me down, all I did was use it as motivation. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started, it was like my dad. He motivated me um, only because he didn't, I opened a new company. It yeah. wasn't with him. Yeah. He, well, he didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. And as entrepreneurs, we want to we wanna move. We want to do big things. And that is motivation too, right? To your point. Um, I've even seen that, right? And, and I haven't necessarily started a company yet, which, yeah. you know, we'll get to. But Yeah, yeah. Um, even every move, right, is I've seen as a vertical move and, and a change. And it's still that, are you sure you can handle that? Are you sure you're ready for that, right? And I think it does drive you. It really does because <laughs> it's like in your head, maybe you don't even know if you can do it until you start to do it. Yeah. Um, but having that positive approach and, and belief in yourself and, and to take that leap is where it's got me where I'm at today. Yeah. So. And <clears throat> to add to that, it's like over the 13 years, I've had to like – like I still feel like an up and comer. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I've got everything solved. Like, and I don't, maybe as an entrepreneur, you don't feel that way, but. And maybe you never will. Right? Yeah. Cause you're going to continue to grow. I, right? I, I grow, but I am quick to adapt. I don't sit on decisions for long times. Um, yeah. I used to, um, but it hindered growth and it, it was hindering me. If you're not making a decision, it causes stress yeah. and then stress will lead to anxiety. And it's like, make the decision to make the change to change your mindset. Like it was a mindset shift for me to, to just keep adapting and keep growing. Like yeah. not everyone likes to do that. They like to get complacent and like, just feel the world as it is and sit with the job. But like, and that's why I feel like we're working here too, right? Yeah. Is what one thing that I'll go back to at the university of North Dakota that they taught me in, in the schooling is continual improvement, always continual improvement, yes. you know, not to look at, not to compare yourself to someone else but to compare yourself to yourself. And this is what I did last year. What could I have done that would better me? What are my weak points, right? We had this professor, just a quick story. Yeah, We had this professor for senior capstone back in college that no one liked. He, (laughs) we would do our projects and he would always say why. And it just got to us, right? It was, it was just annoying, right? But, but why is what he would say. 
And now I want to find him and just thank him because that's what I think about all day long is when someone brings something to me about this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, why? Do you know why? You know, like why, what are your reasonings behind yeah. that too? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really important that's, to, uh, so is it kind of like finding your purpose? Like, yeah, like, it, like why, it works, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. It works both ways, right? It works as your purpose to you're talking about with entrepreneurship, um, and finding why, maybe why you want to start a company. It works all the way down to why did you hire that contractor or, or why did you build it that way? Right. Yeah. What was your thought process behind that? What are the benefits or, or yeah. cons to it and just having a full understanding of why, yeah. right? Um, which is going to make everyone a better estimator, a better superintendent, a better project manager, a better entrepreneur, a better leader. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if you can, if you can find your why it's, it's super powerful. There's books on this, you yep. know, it's like uh-huh. find your why because it'll be, it'll be what motivates you internally. It's like, well, we want to help people in contracting. We want to be really a refined construction company. That's just yeah. what I dream about. It's not what necessarily you dream about or everyone else dreams about, yeah, yeah. but that's... It's challenging. Right? Yeah, yeah, serving people is my why, helping people. Um, you know, my motivation is to help people build their smaller construction company. You know, how, I just love helping people at this point in my life. Yep. Um, I get the most satisfaction from that. Um, I'm not in our day-to-day operations at Mac, but... Um, we have key people who are and, and are, you know, have their why and why they want to build it, what yep. they want to do with theirs and, and want to be a name in the, in the hat when it, when it, when we make it. Definitely. That's no. what, <laughs> as entrepreneurial right. level goes. Yeah. And that's exciting too, right? Is just having something you're passionate about and, and goes back to, to why I'm excited to be here is just having a, a say in it being successful, right. And, and getting it to where we want to go and, having passion about that. I'm, yeah. I'm prideful about building what we're, what we're planning to build, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I think everyone here that we have here is, yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. We have the right people and the right seats all going to the same mission. That's, that's yeah. really powerful because if you can get a lot of alike minds thinking the same way, yeah. man, it, we're pretty hard to stop Definitely. now. Um, and we we're passionate about what we do and uh, we're only getting better. Yeah. Right. Every day, try yep. to. Yeah. <laughs> 1% better every day. No matter if it's the podcast or it's content or it's contracting or whatever I'm doing, I'm just trying to be a little bit better yep. each day. Better than yourself. Yep. Um, so, what, uh, we're up to something. Yeah. Um, I'll let you, I'll let you do it, man. It's, uh, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're starting a new gig, um, little add on to our contracting yeah. and, yeah. uh, Will, Will and, um, uh, another gentleman, Casey, which we'll meet one day in a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're on a mission to do something and uh, share, man. Yeah. So it's, it goes back to, like I had said, my grandpa starting his company and just always having that. If you have that entrepreneurship spirit in you, it won't, it just sits there like a little fire until you go do it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it goes back to, I know you like books too, and reading books and, you know, having those one one book that line that I read was uh, having those ghosts next to you when it's your time and are they going to say you could have done this? You were close, right? So it's always been that pride for me to, to start something that we know we could do. And so we're starting a federal contracting company, um, which is a big news. That right? is big news. Yeah, big news. So we're starting a federal contracting company um, to take a little piece of all of our experiences, right? Yourself, mine, and Casey's. Yep. Um, and just kind, do, kind of add a, a different sector, right? And I think there's a lot of benefits to that. 
Um, the benefit would be if it's a slow year, you know, uh, the federal contracting market um, may not be right. Yep. So it's having those options to where to go to. So, yeah, so we're starting the federal contracting company, a lot of experience in that with myself, with Casey, the other gentleman as well, who's yep. involved with this. Um, and just starting that other entity, like you had talked about, where it will help all of us, you know, it'll help the margins that will help yep. if it's a slow year on either side right. um, to have some other options. So you get in federal contracting because the the margins are, are good. It's, yep. it's people, yep. you know, it's, um, you know, it's an arm in, in contracting. It's so freaking cutthroat. Like, yeah. um, you know, if I charge 5%, they're going to charge four and a half. Like that's just the way it is. It's yeah. like, and then you're going to go with them over me unless I can help provide more value than them. Correct. Um, and, uh, so in the, um, in the federal markets, it's a little different, a little more unbiased. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a smaller relationship based. It's a smaller pool, yep. right? And so it's a smaller pool of contractors. Not everyone can do it, uh, which I think is a huge benefit, right? So you're not going against maybe 15 contractors. Maybe you're going against three, right? Yeah. So um, it just helps with that smaller pool of contractors. You know who you're bidding against. Um, and again, it gets, gets right back into that market of traveling too and, and the benefits of that. And there's a lot of benefits of this. Um, not sure how deep we want to dive into that, but well, well, I think if you're the small contractor, listen to this, like, yeah. is it a good, I mean, should they be curious of the space? Like I, I would say yes, but yeah, what, what's from your knowledge? Yeah. I think it depends on too, right? If you have experience in it, uh, potentially yes. Okay. You know, um, we're talking the good. There's some struggles too, right? There's struggles <laughs> yeah. with everything. Yeah. Well, hey, we're in contracting, right? If it's always about the struggle, right? If anyone's heard of the Corps of Engineers, right? Yeah, That's yeah. part of the federal market. So there's more paperwork. There's different forms of paperwork that maybe mean maybe we say RFI in in the public sector, which yeah. means request for information. Maybe they use a different form, you know. On the yeah. so it's just it's it's harder for some aspects, but it's easier on the others. So I think it just evaluating it. If you're yeah. looking into it, evaluating if you can even get into it, if you fit that role, um, if you have someone you can talk to about it, that may help you as well. Um, just evaluating it to see if yeah. it's, it'd be good for you or not. I, uh, I, I want to share a story of like a really humbling thing. I was working for the Corps of engineers, um, did a job out on the air base right by the runway. So, on the airbase, on the runway, you got to get everyone. Yeah, yeah, in in town. So it was like, um, didn't really know what I was bidding. I thought I bid it right. Um, this was probably ten years ago. I mean, this is a long time ago, at least eight years ago. And uh, there was, I've never seen that much. I think there's more rebar than concrete in those footings. <laughs> and these, uh, it, it's a pretty simple building going on it. So, um, but how? many people were out there watching my four-man crew with probably eight to 12 guys, all from the Corps of Engineers. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Like, I just yeah. didn't understand, like, how that worked and, like, how probably um, our government, like, overspends on how much staff you need for some of that. And it, it was an electrician running the company, running the job. And that goes right back to what I was talking about with would it be good for people or not? Depends on, right? You got to yeah. evaluate it because there's certain training the team has to have, you know, that Casey and I have. Yeah, so yeah. there's different classes you have to go through, through the court to get certified in, in certain things. So it can be challenging, you know, and luckily in our situation, in our circumstance, we've got that experience, which I think helps us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point, there could be a guy for quality control. There's a guy for OSHA safety. Oh there's God, a guy for there's... this. There's a guy for schedule. So I, yeah, um, and I was like, I was the contractor that started out in Crocs. 
Like yeah. I was known at Menards, like they're the guy, like for the first, like they are comfortable. Years, they're they're seven, comfortable. I had back problems and believe yeah. it or not that I'm in the concrete industry. Like yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. So I was known as the guy in Crocs and like the weird, gross, like little stamped Mac shirt yeah. that would come into Menards concrete and I'd order and... all the supplies and, uh, yeah, I'd wear Crocs every day and like it helped tremendously with my back problems. Yeah. So I just, you know, I never got downgraded from any customers in the residential world when I was in there, but like I was still kind of residential, like coming out of that into the commercial world. And then this core of engineers that like humbled yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. I've it's... never, I had to like go to Walmart and buy shoes, boots and <laughs> <laughs> boots, <laughs> like every quali- a hard hat, like and that all goes the back stuff. To the, yeah. And that goes back to the qualifications and, and just stuff that maybe doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Right? It was like um, a meeting every hour too. Yes. And it was like, it was like a half hour long. I'm like, well, when do I like tie the rebar here? Because yeah, there's I got to get to work. There's, there's, there's a shitload mud, of rebar to tie. There's here. mud coming. Yeah. Right? The, and there, uh, yeah, we want it poured and it's like, yeah. wow, it was just humbling. So watch out. If you're just entering that space, make sure you're ready. Uh, you're not wearing Crocs and, uh, you know, you know, what's coming at you. It's Definitely. not, it, there's a lot of difficulty behind the military, uh, and, and the government type work. Definitely. So, um, but, uh, we feel we're ready and, uh, something I can team up with, uh, yeah. Will and Casey on and add a branch of, Hey, we're entering a recessionary market. Maybe it's a good time to hit Correct. a federal market up then. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, continuing to develop. Um, I'm continuing to build things. I'm continuing to build things with other people. Yep. Um, we're adding another branch, um, to diversify again and, this is our 13th year in business and it's like I want to add I want to add a few companies to the Mac portfolio and and you know grow myself and grow my exposure and try to help businesses. Definitely. Um dude, awesome story too. Grandpa yeah. like growing your grandpa grew like planted the tree. He planted the tree. It, there is actually an article in the Grand Forks Herald. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2000 2008 or something. We I've got it at home saved. Uh, so I'll have to bring it in one time. That's a great you, story. It's uh, it's cool. And again, it's it's finding that passion. Right now, you got to be passionate about construction because it's tough. Yeah. So that's what kind of keeps me grounded and and why you want to do it. So yeah, if, if he can shingle a roof at seventy five, I better be able to do something too. So I know our <laughs> our grandparents are like hard knocks. Yeah. And yeah. You know, it's like it's got to be half of what they could do. I know. So. I know. So you had to have. Well, you have good passion in it. Yeah. It's a. There were you had obviously. They were in construction. Yeah. They knew that space. That's how I grew up. Yeah. Um, you know, straightening nails for my dad and putting them in the coffee can Lots because of the budget ex- is zero. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just so you Lots know. Lots of different experiences. Yeah, so. man. Well, hey, I appreciate you on this. Yeah. This glad was awesome. To, glad to be here. We'll uh we'll do a follow up the end of the end of the year a little more closer and we'll uh see we'll get through at. this again. Yeah, see yeah. how see how far along we come. So yeah. um this is Will. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Boom.